do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. The pages of history are lined with the sad remains of mankind's glory and grandeur grown tawdry over time, thinking that they were in control, that they were sovereign, that they were omnipotent. Even the greatest kings and tyrants of the ages ultimately were confronted by their own inadequacy, mortality, and impotence. Take the prophet Daniel's account of the story of Nebuchadnezzar, for instance. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know the most high rules in kingdoms of men and gives it to whomever he pleases. Now, he was the greatest king of the ancient world. His reign was resplendent with glory, honor, and power. The city that he built was utterly magnificent, unrivaled in its scope and vision. The empire that he assembled was mythically proportioned, unrivaled in its strength and valor. Uh, the reputation that he forged was terrifyingly universal, unrivaled in its supremacy and vastness. And yet, Nebuchadnezzar was still just a man. He thought that he was something more. He imagined for himself a majesty that transcended that of all other men. He reveled in the storehouse of his great pride. He boasted of his invincibility. But then God humbled him. He decreed that Nebuchadnezzar would be reminded of the frailty of human flesh. He decreed that the great king would be forced to acknowledge a king greater still. And immediately, the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from mankind and began eating grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. The complete demise of Nebuchadnezzar was a vivid demonstration to all the citizens of Babylon and all the citizens of the world that God alone is sovereign and almighty, that God alone is exalted and praised, that God alone 
is the possessor of all greatness, power, glory, and majesty in heaven and on earth. According to Daniel, the lesson was not lost on the king or his subjects. At the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing." But he, he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what hast thou done? At the time, my reason returned to me and my majesty and splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom and my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. And so I was reestablished in my sovereignty and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven for all his works are true and his ways are just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Nebuchadnezzar learned the most central truth in all the cosmos. God rules. He learned that God and God alone is supreme, that God is the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. God rules because he is the creator and owner of all things. As Genesis 14 says, the Lord God most high is the possessor of heaven and earth. As Deuteronomy 10 says, behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, the earth and all that is in it. Psalm 24 declares the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Nebuchadnezzar had to learn the hard way that the whole universe is not man-centered or humanistic, man at the center, Instead, it is God-centered or theocentric, God at the center. It is theocentric even now, despite all the sin and rebellion evident around us everywhere. God's ultimate centrality and purposeful rule is not something that we must wait for. It is a reality right at this very moment. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns, as the hosts of heaven declare in Revelation 19. The Apostle Paul expressed it this way, the entire creation reflects the preeminence and the centrality of Christ's ongoing regency. He said, for by him were all things created. All things that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible or invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 
and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in him all things exist, and he might have the preeminence. The Bible is absolutely clear on this point. There is nothing in heaven above or on earth below that escapes his jurisdiction. Regardless of appearances, God rules. He rules over all things. Recognizing that fundamental reality is the beginning place of all resistance and Reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and resources, go to georgegrant.net.